turn this morning to Psalm chapter 11. While we're turning there, our children will make their way to Mag. Kids, while we're turning, Psalm chapter 11. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, one of the things I think is important, I wish... I wish we taught more in our schools about the Islamic faith. I wish we talked about all the great confessional faiths. It's one of the great confessional faiths. And what people don't realize, one of my application is theology, don't realize is that we, we all come from the same root here in terms of our fundamental basic belief. And uh, I just want to thank you for, uh, for giving me the opportunity, for being engaged, for committing uh, to action this November. You're doing what's been, uh, that's, uh, that's never been done before. You're registering and turning out one million Muslim voters this November. It matters. Your voice, your voice is your vote. Your vote is your voice. Muslim Americans' voices matter for our communities, for our country, and but we, we all know that your voice hasn't always gotten recognized or represented and uh, or the recognition it deserves. And, uh, and that's your right as a citizen. Psalm chapter 11, beginning verse 1. It says, I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. And what can the righteous do? King James says, if the foundations be destroyed, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. I'll say it again. He hates those who loves violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with the scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtue will see his face. I want to speak to you this morning for the next few moments on chapter 11 and verse 3 that says, if the foundations be destroyed what shall the righteous do heavenly father i thank you today for your word lord i thank you for your spirit i feel in this place lord i ask that the that you would make my lips as the pen of a ready writer lord that i would speak truth and i would speak your word lord that you're that the preacher himself the spirit of god would come today and quicken hearts and lives today that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive what you would say to your church this day. And we'll be careful to give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If the foundations be destroyed. Why in the world, you may ask, if we start a message with Joe Biden talking about registering Muslim voters? And taking on the position 
on national television that we should teach, we should be more careful to teach Islam in our schools. I came to you this morning to tell you that I am past the point of caring about politics, that I'm past the point of caring about people's sensitivities, that I'm past the point of worrying about if people think you're too political, I'm past the point of caring about uh, people's uh, offended lifestyles. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Listen, we're talking, when, when the enemy is firing from Washington, then God's people ought to fire back at Washington. Come on, somebody. It's time that the church got over it. It's time that the pulpits stood up and preached. It's time that truth was told once again from the pulpits of America. It's, time, it's a generational lie that says that the pulpit should not address the attacks that's coming against the church no matter where it comes from. I can tell you right now, today, that America and that the church of Jesus Christ is currently, right now, under attack. It is, listen to me, it is War. It's war. You might as well check into the notion that it is never going to be the same as it was. It is war. The family is under attack. Biblical truth is under attack. Law and order is under attack. Education is under attack. You might as well settle it from all sides. We are under attack. Whether you know it or not or ready to admit it, foreign governments are attacking us as we speak. Make no mistake about it, I've never said it before, but I'll say it today that the coronavirus came from Wuhan, China. It came from a laboratory. And it was released on America. Their own officials said as much. So they were willing to drown America in the sea of coronavirus. Never forget, look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Right now, this week, two hours from where you sit, the United States government shut down a Chinese spy ring that was set up in the Chinese consulate in Houston, Texas. Make no mistake about it, it's not a world away, it is right here, right now. For nearly two months now, in Portland, Oregon, how many many of you watch the news and know that for every day, for 59 days, I believe it is now, that the city of Portland, Oregon has been under attack every single day. That in America, that leftist, communist, Marxist politicians are giving up our major cities to rebellion and lawlessness every single day if the foundations be destroyed. I never in my life thought I would come to a time where people were literally destroying what supports their life. I was standing under, I mean, you have just driven down Crystal Beach and you know about the beach houses. 
Did you ever, how, how sensible would it be to stand underneath one of those things under the deck, under the house, and take a chainsaw to the support that held the house up? How sensible would it be to be out on, uh, out on the lakes or out on the gulf and to go to the belly of your boat and begin to drive holes in the bottom of your boat? How sensible would it be if on the sides of these buildings where the columns stick out, if, if we begin to take a, to take a lift or a, will, a cutting torch to those beams and begin to cut the support of the building. Ladies and gentlemen, if the foundations be destroyed, <laughs> it's happening. Biblical truth is now attacked as hate speech. Church, right now, today, family and friends that you have, if you stand up for what is right, if you begin to declare the righteousness of God, a righteous standard of living, and that there is only one way to heaven, people you know, people that you're kin to, will begin to turn on you and attack you just because you believe the book. If you don't believe that, then try it. I'm not talking about picking a fight. I'm talking about just saying, you know what? Jesus is the only way to heaven. You've got to get saved by the blood of the Lamb. You've got to live a righteous life. And then, the, the, then they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. They'll start talking to you about, well, why would a God that loves me send me to hell? That when you stand... For the things that are right, all hell is going to break loose against you. The family has been under attack for more than four decades, five decades. First it started subtly on things that look good. Listen to me. First it started as a safety net. Lyndon Johnson's great society. But what nobody understood or looked at at the time, nobody opened up because the pulpits were already beginning to fear was that the great society rewarded people living together and penalized those who got married. Are you listening? I'm talking about, listen, we'll... You have, you have a new baby, ma'am? We'll, we'll give you a place to live and something to eat if you're not married. But if you get married, you're on your own. We'll provide for you, ma'am. We'll provide for you, sir. Just don't do what the scripture would have you do. And then, listen to me, and in that amount of time, in America, white families at that point that were 90% plus babies born to wedded parents. At that time, in the African-American community, almost 85% of babies were born to wed parents. 
And when that happened, when this government, when, when, when this, well, they're evil people, set in place a system that rewarded sin and penalized righteousness. Now, today, as we speak in the African-American community, 80% of black babies are born to single mothers today. And that is the ones that are born. And the white statistics are not much better. Today in America, we call murder a choice. And we talk about tragedies of racism 200 years ago, 150 years ago, and they were tragedies and are tragedies. But we're more concerned about the tragedies of 200 years ago than we are about the scourge of murder and babies in, the, in America today that is more prominent in minority neighborhoods than any other place in the world. Family under attack. Family. Parents against grandparents. Children rising up against parents. Where we're normalizing homosexuality and same-sex relationship. Hear me and hear me well. That is nothing more than doctrines of demons that was sent forth to destroy the family. I'll be as transparent as I know how to be. Whenever I attack these things, I have fear in my heart for the retribution that could come. But I know who walks with me. And I know what is right. There comes a time when you have to stand without fear or favor. And you have to stand and to declare the word of God. Listen to me. Before you start attacking me. And before you think that I'm a hater. And before that you think that I don't know what I'm talking about. I've told you before I'll repeat it again. It's painful to talk about. It's embarrassing and it's humiliating. But I can tell you that I know what it means for a, for a teenager to molest a little boy that's too young to even know what sex is about. I know what it's like for people to call you fag and sissy and, and all of those things when you're a fourth grader and don't even know what fags and sissies are. I know what it's about. I know what the attack at an early age feels like. I know what it's like to be preyed upon by pedophile men until you're 20 years old. I know all about it. So don't stand here today and wag your finger at me and tell me that I'm a hater and that I don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about and it's doctrines of devils. It's from the pit of hell and it's here today to try to destroy the families of the church. Come on. Law and order. Come on, somebody. Defund the police.
Let it go to the hoodlums and the hoods and the thugs and the punks. This isn't Africa we're talking about. This isn't, this isn't the Middle East. This isn't Cairo. This isn't Amman. This isn't, this is America. And the church wants to, wants to act like we should keep our mouth shut because it's political. You've got to give me a break. And you've got to stand up and declare, thus saith the Lord. Because God is a God of order. He is a God that set the world into place. He is a God that declared in Romans 13 that government was instituted by Him. And that He puts all things in place. You've got to stop it. Stop it. Preacher, stand up and preach or resign. Turn in your card and go home. Find somebody who will stand in your pulpit and, and declare the word of God. Stop it. Education centers have become indoctrination centers. Mom and daddy, grandmas and grandpas, you be, when that teenager rolls their eyes at you, I see them do it. Stand for truth anyway. Come against what that lying system has tried to plug into them. And declare the word of the Lord. Quit being mealy-mouthed, milk-toast, panty-waisted, scared of your teenager parents and stand for what's right and declare, thus saith the Lord. Come on. They're your responsibility. Quit advocating your position to the system. I'll say it here. There's a reason why we're looking at praying about starting a school at Mac Church. It's not because it's my dream. As a matter of fact, if it was a dream in my world, it would be a nightmare. But the church has got to do what the church has got to do. I put it out a few weeks ago and I'll say it now. We can't, we can't keep sending our kids to Caesar. And they'll be shocked when they become Romans. I've experienced it myself. I've got children that I love. They're, the, they're my pride and joy that I raised in the fear of admonition of God in a Pentecostal environment that, that, they, that I've stood for truth and you send them to get educated and they come out a different person than what they went in. There is no room for compromise. There is no room to back up. Mom and Dad, we've got to stand for what is right. Family under attack. Biblical truth considered hate, law and order, like it's a, an obscure, ridiculous theory that we should police the streets, that we should stop the looting, that we should stop the murder, that we should stop the burning, that and we're treated like that we're haters because we shouldn't let the people burn the country down. That is absolutely absurd. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do. Number one, you should look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10 that says, make your calling and your election sure. 
Make your calling and your election sure. Listen to me, everybody in this room. You better know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved and on your way to heaven. You better know it. Make your calling and your election sure. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. It's not a prayer you prayed when you were five. It's a decision you made in a life that you live every single day. Listen to me, I'll say it again. It's a life that you live every single day. I'm not a Christian on Sunday. I'm a Christian every time I'm taking in air and letting it out. That my life is in, my life is in Him. I live in Him and for Him. It's in Him I live and move and have my being. Yes, what can you do, number one, is make your calling and your election sure. Number two, Ephesians chapter 6 says, put on the whole armor of God. Too many of us are putting on our armor and we're going to bed. Too many of us are think we're armored up and we're taking a nap. That we're armored up and, and we're at the beach. That we're armored up but we're not in the fight. I come to declare to you this morning that you need to put on the whole armor of God and look at me. You need to report for duty. Get on the whole armor. Get ready. Why? Report for duty. Get ready for the fight. Listen to your pastor. All leaves are canceled. All furloughs are over. The ship is under attack. It's all hands on deck. Get on your fighting clothes. Get out your weapon. Pull out your shield and begin to defend the faith. Jude said earnestly, contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Church, it's time. It's time. Why did I show you this? Let me tell you something. The foundations are under attack. Let me tell you, Islam is more than a religion. Islam is a political system. Islam is, 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 a, is a religious, demonic spirit that looks to rule the world. Its MO is to send people in and operate under the rights of the minority until they become the majority, and then they eliminate the rights of the minority. When I was in West Africa a couple years ago, the pastor that took care of me was raised in an Islamic home. And he got saved and his family shunned him. And when we were traveling throughout the country, you would see places of obvious Islamic influence. And I would say, I said, Adam, is Islam a problem here? Is it dangerous? He says, oh no. Islam is no problem here because the church is strong. He says, they will live, he said, I was raised by a Muslim. My dad is a Muslim. So they will live peaceably with you until they outnumber you, then they will kill you. Don't you dare believe the lie that it's on an equal footing with 
Christianity. Don't you dare believe a bald-faced lie that some, from somebody spewing doctrines of demons that we all have the same root. That is a lie. That is a lie. What do I have in common with Muhammad? What do I have in common with Islam? Look at me, church. Absolutely nothing. 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 In Islam, you're called to die for your God. In Christianity, your God died for you. I have nothing in common with Islam. I call to register a million. Somebody say it, a million. Somebody say it, a million Islamic voters between now and November. Look at me and listen. Tomorrow today marks 99 days till the election in November. And if America's church doesn't stand up, if Christians don't begin to pray, you could very well be facing the last 99 days of America as you know it. That's not hyperbole. That's not drama. That is a fact. Watch what they're saying. Listen to me. No, 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 no. Forget I just said that. Never mind watching what they're saying. Watch what they do. Here's one thing I am so sick to death of I could die. I am sick to death of people squawking about what a president says and nobody says anything about what the leftists are doing. I'll say it for the first time in public. I believe there's a Cyrus in the White House. Cyrus. Who's Cyrus? He's an Old Testament Persian king, king of Babylon, when God's people were in captivity. Wasn't exactly a preacher. In fact, he was a pagan ruler of a captive nation. And the Bible says that God moved on the heart of Cyrus to let the Jewish people go and to set them back into Jerusalem and to set things back in order. I, ha I, don't, there's no, I don't have any idea what Donald Trump's spiritual condition is, I suspect, but I do know that God can raise up a Cyrus that can set things back in order and give America one more chance to do the right thing. What do you mean? Are you, are you making political endorsements today? Listen, I, I, I couldn't care less about political endorsements. What I do care about is a president that has defended Israel and Jerusalem every step of the way. What I do care about is a president who has done more for religious freedom in the last three years than anybody's done in the last hundred years combined. I do care about a president that will stand for my right to stand right here and your right to sit right there and to raise up holy hands and to praise the King of Kings and to do it in a safe environment that's, that's still operates in freedom. So if it takes a Donald Trump that's filthy mouth and is hard to 
to deal with and he needs to put his phone down and shut up every once in a while, I'll take it over a guy that wants to pull in a million Muslims to vote my freedoms away. And you should too. Listen, you should too. I make no apology. I do not and will not make an apology. If you want to see me after church and come after me about it, you better be prepared to defend Antifa. You better be prepared to defend Black Lives Matter as a Marxist organization that go read their manifesto that they want to destroy the nuclear family of America. It's in their manifesto. They want to... (laughs) So if you come, you better come loaded for bear. people trying to put this great land into bondage. It's trying to destroy the rule of law. Liberal judges that are trying to handcuff the church. Some that flew in under the cloak of conservatism, but they're liars. Hey, I'm already an eyeball deep. I can tell you right now. Then look you in the eye and tell you John Roberts was a deceiving liar. So who's John Roberts? He is, the, he is the chief justice of the United States. And he come in as a deceiving liar. He's not your friend. So you going to leave anybody out? No, probably not. Because <laughs> anybody that's attacking me, I'm going go, to fight back. How many of you here would let somebody punch you in the teeth over and over and over or come after your wife, come after your child, come after your husband and just let them do it? I'll defend the faith. I'll stand for what's right. Listen, my hope is not in a Republican. My faith is not in a party. But you've got to be blind and willfully ignorant. I said it. Jesus, help me. Because I know people, this is my Facebook friends that I grew up with, that, I, that I'm mindful of their, of their condition, that they're good people, that they're willfully ignorant to what's going on. I'll say it this way, not every Democrat's evil, but all the evil I see in right now is Democrats. Do I need to sit down and, do I need to sit down and look you in the eye and explain it? Who's pushing for Islam? Who? Who's pushing to defund police? Who? Who, who, is, who is masterminding Antifa? Who? who? Who is at the head of Black Lives Matter? Who? Who? All of it. 
Man, I heard one of the boldest statements I've ever heard in my life, and that is no exaggeration. When I heard Donnie Swagger the other morning say on Francis and Friends, he said, the true slave masters today aren't dead, they're Democrats. Get you in bondage financially where you can't support yourself anymore. What are you doing? I'm letting it simmer. I'm letting you catch your breath and catch up. Say, Pastor, I'll never set foot in this church again. Sir, madam, if you never do, you heard the truth once. prophet Ezekiel wrote it, the watchman sees the attack and he says nothing, that all the blood is on his hands. But it says that the watchman warns, but the people don't listen. He is free from their blood and it is their problem. Amen. This morning I can tell you with the surety that I'm free of your blood. Amen. If the foundations be destroyed. What? the righteous do number three church keep on believing never never I think it was Winston Churchill that says never 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 give up keep on fighting it says we'll fight them from the sea We'll fight them from the air. We'll fight them from the land. Never, 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 never give up. Keep on believing. Because I know, listen, I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which he has appointed against that day never never give up is it going to get rough yes is it going to be hard yes we'll need each other I'll need you more than you need me I've made up my mind I'm all in I'm past the point of no return I'm not going back and listen I'll call it out in the state house I'll call it out in the white house I'll call it out at the courthouse I'll call it out in the pulpit I'll call it out in the pew God, one more time. 
Let the church stand up. Church this morning, yes, let the church stand up. Let God arise. Listen, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Peace of God, cover me. It says, cover me when all seems hopeless. Cover me when my strength is gone. Cover me when I'm going through the storm. Church, sing it. Peace of God, cover me. Peace of Sing God it as a prayer this morning. Cover me. was talking in Luke's gospel and he was talking about the time that you and I live in today he was talking about the time we live in today and he says when the son of man returns will he find faith in the earth that's his question when the son of man returns he's talking about the day we live in his question was will the son of man find faith in the earth and I can see why it was the question. Listen, I, I, I get nervous. I get afraid. I'm not going to stand here and lie to you. But my Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. I get nervous because sometimes I feel alone. But I, the Word of God says that I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Say, but my family and my friends, Jesus said, if, if, you lo- if your family is more to you than he is, and he says, then you're not worthy of him. He said, if your friends are more, are more to you than he is, that you're not worthy of him. You say, well, this doesn't sound like the gospel I've heard all of my life. You know what? There's no doubt in my mind that's true. Because we've been taught some things that the, that the church was, a, was second chair to everything else when that's not true. We've been taught about this God of love and he is and this, and this, and this Jesus of, of peace. He's the Prince of Peace. But I'm going to tell you, there's no, there'll be no peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace comes back as a reigning king and a reigning lord. It'll be then that peace will reign on this earth. When Jesus came the first time, when Jesus came the first time, listen to what he said. When he was here in the flesh and wrote in, and, they, and they record his words in red today, he said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What's talking? He was a divider. Listen, the gospel is a divider. And you have to choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house. You know how come he's going to be a prince of peace when he returns? Because the Prince of Peace, when he see, he's not coming as a baby in humility next time. 
He's coming as a, as a warrior king that's going to rule with the rod of iron, that's going to tread the wine press of the fierceness of God. And all this garbage that's rose up against his church, he is going to put it down with the sword that proceeds out of his mouth. He called us to stand for his gospel, not to make peace with the enemy. Peace of God. That's why we're singing, peace of God, cover me. Because you're going to need the peace of God to stand for what's right.